This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host. I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness, and I'm here with my friends. Got my co-host, Amy, with me, and special friend, Connor Martin. Connor, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. So, Connor, if you don't know, is the original CrossFit kid. Um, I like how you phrased it in some of your bios that you were the test tube for your parents. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I like to call myself kind of the the crash test uh, dummy, if you will. I was the uh, experiment. Um, hey, will this work with uh, a twelve year old? Okay. Um, oh, that was a terrible idea. And uh, <laughs> I got I got both of the the uh, the positive stuff that you see now in the methodology that we use and train teens and kids with. Um, but I also got this stuff like, oh, we're never going to do that again. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, so it was, it was a, a fun, uh, fun way to grow up, if, if you will. So, but none of that ever like hurt you in a way that, that was long affecting. Uh, it was just kind of fun trying to see what, what you were capable of at that age. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of give you a, a little bit of background. Obviously I like to kind of to kid about it in the, you know, the crash test dummy, but, you know, in no way, shape or form were my parents saying, all right, we're going to put 500 pounds on your back and you're just going to squat it. Um, <laughs> you know, right. nothing, nothing, nothing crazy, crazy like that. Um, my, uh, my, my parents developed, um, the CrossFit kids program. Um, we got involved with, with CrossFit at a, a, a very, um, early stage, uh, I believe my dad went and took his uh, level one certificate in 2003. So I think he was maybe the fifth uh, seminar that they ever did. And we were the, the fifth CrossFit affiliate at the time. So um, what, what got them interested in CrossFit? Were they doing other forms of fitness before that? So my, 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 um, my parents opened a uh, martial arts and boxing facility when I was eight years old. My dad had always been into martial arts and, and boxing. Um, he had done amateur boxing and kickboxing himself. And uh, it was just something that we all did as a family. Um, at the time, we were training uh, a lot of uh, fighters out of our gym. And uh, my dad was also, um, he was in his 40s. And he was spending more and more time in the gym going, why am I getting worse? Uh, I'm spending and dedicating more time to this. 
And uh, I think he was on um, a very primitive form of Google. And uh, he typed in, uh, <laughs> he typed in, literally his type in was crazy ass workouts and uh, CrossFit came up and uh, he did the workout of the day, which that day happened to be Helen. And uh, I remember him running around our backyard and we had one of those, um, uh, I, I want to say it was like a Bowflex uh, dumbbell situation. So he like had like one of those dumbbells that's adjustable. You could take the pins out and get into the, the heavier weight. Um, and uh, he was swinging the dumbbell doing kettlebell swings. And we had this like really rickety pull-up rig in our backyard and he was running around the backyard. And uh, he actually threw up on his uh, first, <laughs> first attempt at it. And he thought, I must be sick. Maybe I'm gonna give this workout a try again on, on Friday. So he came back on Friday, did the workout, and uh, had the exact same uh, effect after the workout threw up again. And then he said, you know, what's a great idea. I'm going to get my son to do this workout with me <laughs> again on, on Monday. Um, I love and, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Misery loves company. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, to even take a little step back from there, my, uh, my dad and I, it was always our thing growing up. I was, would spend time with him in the gym. So from eight years old on, I was doing, you know, boxing workouts with him and just, you know, small um, uh, variations of whatever he was doing. So it had always been kind of this thing where he would do his workout and I would do a scaled variation of the workout uh, beside him. Um, so I started doing uh, CrossFit alongside him and he very quickly realized that he needed to not just scale the workout for me and have me do it alongside him. But if I was going to do CrossFit with him, it was going to be uh, him watching me do, do the workout and coaching me through it. So we kind of very quickly identified that this wasn't just something that a teenager could pick up and, you know, scale the reps and, and load and then just jump right into. That's, an, that's incredible. And so What's crazy is, so they kind of developed the methodology um, of doing that through you and you competed at the CrossFit games in 2007 at the age of 15. Yeah, <laughs> it was, that I, seems I like to, insane. I like to think, of, think about that as, I mean, it was really like a, it was really like a barbecue at the time where a bunch of friends just kind of gathered. I remember the flyer that they posted on CrossFit.com and, uh, being like, okay, I guess we're going to go do this, this competition. Um, because really the, the, the space to compete in CrossFit before that was just the, the comments on the main site. You know, you knew there were other people doing the workouts worldwide and, um, you know, you'd see their times on the, the comments. And that was kind of how we all competed at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, being a 15-year-old who's been into sports, you know, my whole life, and um, having at that time, having done CrossFit now for almost four years, um, it was just something that I was interested in. And I was, I, I think my dad sent an email to Dave Castro at the time and said, can Connor compete? He'd like to, <laughs> he'd like to do the, the workouts. And he said, I don't see why not. Um, so I did. So what did that look like with your peer group, like at, at home, like were your friends, like what is this crazy workout stuff that you're doing? Or did you kind of pull them into it with you? Um, it's, it's funny. I, I think I had kind of like two groups of 
of friends. I had the friends that were like really curious about what it was. Um, and my best friend actually at the time, his name's David Shanahan. Um, he and I uh, really worked out together. So at about 13, he started as well. And then he and I um, kind of became training partners. Um, and, you know, obviously other friends would try it out here and there, but uh, he and I were the, the most consistent. And it's, it's funny that, um, you know, he and I both have kind of continued in this space. He went on to create um, FitAid. He was the founder of FitAid. Um, wow. And uh, he ended up selling it in, I believe, 2015. But um, uh, kind of a... Uh, funny story there too both of us you know starting within the, the crossfit world and working out together and both continuing to do something within the space um, beyond that were, were you um, active on the main site um comments um i i don't remember if i was posting all of my my times and results i i do know that my um my dad and i kept like workout logs i know my dad would post his times times on there um I could probably go back and find <laughs> some archives at some point. Yeah. I, my thoughts were like, if I'm posting my times and I realize that this 15 year old is, is beating my times, what were the reactions from everybody else? <laughs> um, you know, it, it was funny because uh, I think it was such like a, a, you know, grassroots thing at the, at the time is you know it just seemed like i was just part of the the community and that you know there was there was crazy boundaries being broken in so many different uh regards i, I remember when um you know crossfit posted uh fran and like a challenge with fran for the very first time and it was if anybody can beat greg amundsen's time of three minutes and 59 seconds for uh, Fran will give you a free t-shirt. Um, and, you know, at the time we're seeing like, you know, nobody in the world is able to go under four minutes on, on this workout. And um, just to see constantly, you know, month after month, new boundaries and barriers being broken. I didn't feel like I was doing anything that somebody else wasn't doing something else exceptional. So I, I feel like it was just kind of like the, the feeling of the community at the, at the time was that there were just barriers and boundaries being broken everywhere in, in fitness. So you, you came back and, and competed again in 2008. Um, so the first two ever CrossFit games, and you met, you mentioned that it was like a barbecue. What were those first experiences like? Cause you were there at the beginning. Um, what was it like to be a part of it? So the, the, the first CrossFit games was, um, it was really, it was really a cool experience to, to be there again. It was like, it was like a meeting of, of all these people, maybe that you had seen in the comments before, um, getting to actually, uh, meet them in person. And, um, I remember we actually legitimately had a barbecue after day one. And, uh, I remember personally getting to meet Chris Spieler at the time who I, I really looked up to in the comments because, um, he and I were right around the same body weight. So, uh, I remember when they pulled out at the time, it seems laughable now, but when they pulled out 135 as the weight for the seven shoulder overheads at 15, that was like my body weight. 
and it was uh, right around like the most I had ever done on a um, push jerk uh, in a workout. So I was, I was pretty intimidated by it. And then seeing him like fly through the workout uh, was really cool. And I remember uh, it was very cool, a very cool experience for me at, at that age to get to like meet him and then like just have a conversation um, about what he was doing training wise and, and his background. So then um, your parents develop this methodology after seeing what you've done. And do you want to explain to us what that became? Yeah. So um, spent years developing CrossFit kids um, and that obviously with the growth of CrossFit also expanded rapidly. Um, I have uh, three brothers, um, two of which were still at our house at, at the time. So um, it's kind of funny because you can see like the evolution of our, our program and uh, the intentionality of the program and the specificity of the program that we've implemented um, expressed in the, the progression of athleticism through my family. I, I, I really believe that my youngest brother is probably the most athletic of, of all of us. And I don't necessarily think it's like, you know, he just got all the good genes. <laughs> I think it's that he, he trained in a different way than all of us. And he had a long-term exposure to really, really developed and specific um, methodologies that were born through, uh, you know, me and some of my friends training under my, my dad. And then my younger brother, who's two years younger than us, training with his friends and then, you know, sports teams coming into our gym and then expanding that even uh, uh, further to my brother, who's the, uh, his name is Duncan. He's the youngest. He's six years younger than me. So when I started CrossFit, he was six years old. And that's really when he started as well. Um, by the time he was 18, you know, in our small town, it seemed like, you know, 50% of the teenagers who were in the town were in, in our gym <laughs> um, training. So, you know, there was such a large group and such a large um, impact at that point. And with um, that, you, you became this super young seminar member. Um, at 19, you became part of seminar staff. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was an interesting, uh, interesting time in my life. And I, and I, um, I attribute a lot of um, that time and the things that I learned from that time to where I'm at to today. Um, it was a, it's weird looking back on it because I don't think I appreciated the uh, uniqueness <laughs> of, of what I was doing at the time because I was just, I was so young and it just kind of seemed like, oh, this is just kind of the natural evolution of what I've been doing. I focused on this sport for so long and grew up doing it. And now I'm going to teach others how to to implement it, but I think you know, most nineteen-year-olds would do that too. <laughs> most nineteen-year-olds <laughs> aren't really realizing those those things yeah. too. <laughs> I uh, I look back now and go, I got to go to you know all of these countries and meet people you know all over the world um, who were into the same things that I was into, um, and I uh, got to coach a lot of you know unique people. I, one of the things I think coaching wise that it, it really helped me with is, you know, when you see over the, the tenure that I had with, with CrossFit on seminar staff, um, I got to do over 150 seminars and that was CrossFit kids level one. And I also taught them a level two seminar um, staff for a little while. 
I got to see over 6,000 different people. Um, and in that experience, at every single seminar, I got to see all of those people move. And um, it was like this, uh, it's almost like, there's like that movie where um, it's got Bradley Cooper. I don't remember what it's called, where he gets to take that pill and he absorbs knowledge like super, super quickly because he, he uh, takes that, that pill that allows him to do that. And it was like, I didn't understand, but that was almost like what, what I got the opportunity to do because I got to see so much uh, diversity in movement, so many, move, uh, so many movement errors, so many injuries, so many uh, different age groups um, within that, that time. Um, and that's definitely shaped the, the coach that I am now. And just for our listeners, that movie is Limitless. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that's, I love that as an analogy because, you know, just as just going to a seminar, um, like a level one, you soak up so much knowledge in that two day experience. I can't imagine seeing what you saw in a short amount of time and how much your, your sponge soaked up during that time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, from a perspective of uh, coaching athletes, but also from the perspective of getting to uh, coach alongside other coaches who are really good at what they do. Um, and I, and I, again, I think I didn't realize the impact that that would have on my career uh, following it um, until I was done doing seminars. And I was like, wow, that was, that was almost like a boot camp <laughs> for the rest of my, my, um, my career. So now I'll let you, uh, sorry for interrupting, but I'll let you continue the story of your parents and the methodology and where you guys took it from there. Yeah. So in 2014, um, my parents uh, split off and became and developed the Brand X method. Um, and uh, a few things have, have really changed from the development of CrossFit Kids to the development of the Brand X method. And I think the fundamental shift is when we were developing CrossFit Kids, there was always this conversation about the congruency between the methodology of CrossFit and the methodology of CrossFit Kids, and specifically surrounding scaling workouts and making it look like CrossFit, right? Functional movements executed at high intensity, constantly varied, right? But we understood inherently that uh, executing functional movements at high intensity for kids was not necessarily uh, developmentally appropriate, especially at a young age. Um, so there started to be some discussion on, okay, well, well, what will build a foundation for kids that will um, set them up for the best success? Not just in, you know, we don't, our goal is not just to build the best CrossFitters or functional fitness athletes. Our goal with the Brandex method is to create a uh, physical preparedness that prepares them to excel in whatever they do and also to continue uh, a love of health and maintenance of their body for the rest of their lives. So when we split off as Brandex method, a really ma major focus became this kind of study behind the kids' development and what was the best possible implementation of physical movement for them at that age and at that time. 
So we have a, a very, uh, very robust um, certification called the professional youth certification, um, which uh, focuses on how to prep and prime kids and to, uh, to get them to love health and fitness for forever and be able to be successful in um, fitness forever. So I'm curious though, um, I'm gonna nerd out here for just a quick second. So my background is early childhood development and, and education. So I'm just curious, like what kind of background, you know, you said talking about developmentally appropriate, like what kind of background or who did you guys consult with or, or how did you guys kind of pull that together to add that into your programming? Yeah, so um, lots and lots of, of research went into what we are doing. Um, sure. Part of it was uh, research as far as us actually um, taking courses, uh, us uh, reading the newest and latest studies um, on what is developmentally appropriate for kids, but also mm -hmm. us creating strategic partnerships, um, much like what you would have seen in the beginning of CrossFit where they were almost like trying to draw in um, people who were subject matter experts in as many areas as possible. Um, and it's, a, it's an area that seems to be have opened up a little bit more since the transition of Eric taking the helm. Mm -hmm. But for, since I think about probably about like 2012 to 2020, what we saw within the, the CrossFit space was um, no, now all of the people that were in CrossFit are the experts and nobody outside of CrossFit is an expert in anything. Um, and uh, we wanted to take the exact opposite approach. We wanted to say there are experts in development for children and we're mm -hmm. gonna consult with those experts. One of which um, is James Fitzgerald and we um, partnered with OPEX mm -hmm. and specifically, um, he has a uh, very, very uh, deep and rich um, history in exercise science um, and children's exercise science as well and development of youth. Um, so he uh, added a lot to our course um, and also a lot of specific knowledge on, okay, what's happening in the body of a uh, you know, five-year-old at this time and what are they primed to learn? And what things can we just throw out the window because it has no relevance to their training whatsoever. Um, and you'll see that our training uh, uses functional movement patterns, um, but it's in a very, very different way than you would see it performed in just a CrossFit gym. Well, I really appreciate you answering that because I wanted that information to get out because I think it's it's more comforting to know that it's based on so much in-depth knowledge because anybody could could take knowledge and you know go coach kids on how to, to make movements, but there's so much more to it than just the movements. You know, there's also the aspect of that social emotional and where are they, you know, cognitively um, developmental-wise. So and, and and that's another that's another really good point too. We um we uh, worked with somebody who is a child psychologist as well, um, and she is uh, in Ireland, um, and she helped us write um, some material that works on um, and teaches uh, how to address the um, mental development and emotional development of children, um, specifically with resiliency, which is something that we see a, a big lack of in the the upcoming generation. Um, 
So, um, awesome. Great. And so, um, brand X is, it's kind of funny. Um, Amy and I go, went to a gym at the time. Amy still goes there, uh, where we had an athlete compete at the brand X games. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was 2015 and he finished second, um, at the games from our gym. And, uh, we heard nothing but rave reviews for the way the competition was held and that you didn't just, uh, it wasn't just a competition for the kids, but it was also a teaching session for them during the competition. Like you pulled them apart and said, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. It wasn't just, Hey, we're putting you out here on the battlefield to go to town. It's, Hey, we want this to be a learning experience and a fun competition to boot. Yeah. And, uh, that was, it was called the, the, the brand X team gauntlet. That's um, it. Yep. And we, we, we called it the gauntlet gathering. Um, so we invited, uh, gyms from all over the, the country to come to brand X and to, um, we, we actually took actually some subject matter experts as well, um, on nutrition and, um, on weightlifting. And you're right, we did the competition, but the competition was actually, kind of the way to get kids there and teenagers there. But really um, the focus for us was on educating all of these trainers who are training teenagers to compete in functional fitness on, okay, this is the the correct methodology in, in doing so. Well, you know, what would have got me there is that was one of the coolest medals I've ever seen in a competition. Yeah, we we had a uh, we had a, a guy at our gym at the time who um, he did uh, metalwork and he custom fabricated all of those, which was um, I mean it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no no better way to get a kid to come to a competition than have a badass award at the end. <laughs> yeah, it worked so, out pretty well. So Brandex starts, and you guys are still going strong to this day, correct? Yeah. Yep. And, and so where can people learn about taking the certification to be able to coach kids? Brandxmethod.com. Um, you can check us out there. You can also check us out on, on Instagram. We have a, um, Brandx Instagram account, uh, as well as a, a Facebook page. Um, and all of those places will show you and give you more information on how to get the, the, um, certificate I was talking about. Um, which is, uh, we're very proud of it. Um, it's, a, it's an online course. Um, and it's a course that uh, has, again, like I said, a very robust amount of information. So it's not a, a course where you, you, know, you check a box for a weekend. It's a, um, so I would say it takes probably about a week for people to, to go through of dedicated time. And sometimes people take even up to a month to to go through it. There's a lot of information there. Um, we said it's probably about 36 to 40 hours, um, depending on how fast you, you read. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I love the, that you put that much time into that curriculum, um, for that, for that. Um, it, I've learned so much just in this conversation that I want I want to know more. And I think that'd be a really cool certification. So, so you move on with brand X and then you start your own company as well, right? It's uh, I think summit, is it summit? No, it was compete, compete elite, compete elite. Sorry. Yeah. Now I got it. 
There we go. Yeah, no uh, yeah, Compete Elite. And so you ran that company to, and it was an individualized um, programming for elite athletes, correct? Yeah, um, Compete Elite's a, a, a project that um, I started working on just because of my passion for the sport of CrossFit. Um, I've, since, since uh, stopping working on the seminar, I worked for Brand X, but I've also worked in uh, a number of different gyms um, one of which, when I when I moved to Houston, Texas, um, I started working at a gym called CrossFit Edo, um, which at the time was the biggest gym in Texas, it was a thirty thousand square foot facility. When I moved there, they had six hundred active members. Um, it was, uh, and I and I took over the role of gym manager. So I was twenty three, took over the role of gym manager, and it was a uh, it was kind of like a trial by fire situation, um, which was really really, I learned a lot in, in that um, time, but we ran five concurrent programs. So we had boot camp, weightlifting, we had CrossFit, we had uh, the CrossFit competitors program. And then we also had a yoga studio that was attached to the um, facility. Um, and they all ran concurrently. And I was uh, the gym manager, but also in he the head um, person for the competition program. And that's really where I started to develop the, the methodology I used to create Compete Elite, um, working with, uh, it was right across the street from the college, the University of Houston. Um, so we got, I, I think like our average member age was 23. So we got all of these, you know, either just graduated athletes or athletes that were still athletes in, in college. Um, our competition program had, 70 people and at one time we had 50 people that were all within the top 200 in the region um so it was just a, a really good opportunity again um for me to to work and learn with this uh unique group of of athletes so once i i moved on from crossfit Edo, I, I started compete elite and um started working with people remotely um and uh very quickly identified that uh, yes, you know, I, I want to work with everyone. I, I do work with individual athletes. I work with some master's athletes, but my, my biggest passion is working on, with people who are teenagers because um, that's, that's how I got into CrossFit. And um, there are two things I think that are really cool about that. Number one, just their, uh, the, the place where the team competition is now is just phenomenal. You take any of the 16 or 17 year old uh, games winners right now, and you put them in 2011. And I guarantee you, even just in the individual male category, those guys are going to give Rich Froning 2011 a run for his money. Um, and it's, it's just incredible to see where, where, what teenagers are doing. And the second thing I think is really cool about it is just the unique opportunity to take the knowledge that I have with the Pranix method and apply it to the top end of a sport um, with that. Sorry. Well, that's okay. For a second. And so you, you've actually taken a handful of athletes to the games. Yep. And what, what is that experience like? You know, you were there in, in the inception of the games. Now you're taking athletes there in the modern era of the games. And what, what is that difference like? Um, it's kind of nostalgic in a little bit of 
uh, a funny way, even though it looks so much different to um, what it was. And every time I, every time I go, I get this feeling of like, it's so, I probably will never get to see something like this again, where I was there when it was, you know, people would look back on the first games as like, oh, that was nothing, right? You know, 70, 75 athletes from across the, the, the country to where it is now, you know, 400,000 people participating in the open to, you know, people doing literally what most people would consider superhuman acts of strength and cardiorespiratory endurance and gymnastics ability. And just, um, so that's, that's, that's a really cool aspect to me. Um, but I also like the challenge when I go to the CrossFit games of getting to, uh, cause I feel like with, with most CrossFit, um, programming and most just functional fitness programming, somebody hasn't been exposed to it before and they start, um, even if the programming is not right, they're going to get better. They're going to lose weight. They're going to feel healthier. They're going to feel better. But with an elite athlete at the top level, like CrossFit games athletes, you can spend six months on programming. And if it's wrong, you can make them exponentially worse, or you can make them half a percentage better, <laughs> you know, and that's, um, and that might be the difference between 10th and first which is really, really cool to me. So that leads me to this question. You were a competitor as a 15 and 16 year old, and then you're a coach of an athlete. What is harder on you competing or coaching? Um, coaching for, for sure. For sure. Um, I think when I was a, when I was an athlete, I never had this, this fear of, um, of, am I going to let anyone else down other than myself? Right. And I think that's just a natural thing as a coach, right. Because it's a very nurturing role that whenever your athlete steps on to the field, you take responsibility for whatever happens out there. Right. And I think that's a, uh, um, I see a lot of the top coaches doing that, right. It's like your success is, is your success and our success, but your failure is my fear failure we've we've done something wrong and that is that is on me and we're going to figure out what what to do and the adjustments to make to to make it right so conversely it's also the biggest reward yeah i love i love working with athletes and seeing them succeed i mean it's it's what gets me up in the morning that's great so because you you haven't overachieved enough in your short life you decided to write a book. Yeah. Um, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, um, here in Houston, he's, uh, a doctor. Um, he's a, an ER doctor. And then he also works on, um, the local, uh, SWAT team as the, uh, medic on staff. So they will call him in to SWAT calls and he's there for, um, for the, uh, whatever the situation is. Um, so he, uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, Connor, I've got an idea for a book. I'm seeing patients just come in and they, they have no ability to understand what will basically get them moving in the right direction. He said, I see all of these books out there and they're this thick with, you know, and that's just nutrition. And 
this is just fitness. And, you know, like there's these massive books, thousand page books on what to do. And he's like, my patients are not those people. My patients are people who, you know, if they can't flip to it on page three, they're done. So he said, I want to write a basics of nutrition, a basics of, of sleep, a basics of breathing, a basics of moving your body. Um, do these things every single day and you will start to get healthier. Um, and, you know, flip to page 27. All right, it's right there. And we wanted, to, we, our goal was to keep it less than 100 pages. I think we ended up at 115. Um, but he and I, and then he had a, 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 a lady who he had um, known in his residency who um, became a, a nutritionist as well as a, she's also an ER doctor. Um, and uh, she wrote the, the um, nutrition section for us. And so the book is called Eat, Sleep, Breathe, The Beginner's Guide to a Healthy uh, Life or Healthy, and I have lifestyle. to write better, lifestyle. Yeah, that's it. My handwriting's terrible. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no and so it, you mentioned the four pillars that it's kind of based on, and that is uh, nutrition, movement, um, breathing, or um, meditation of sorts, and, um, and sleep. And so what I liked about it is you said that it's not for like a CrossFitter because we're already in the gym doing what we need to do. What you want from CrossFitters is to tell their friends about the book who are too intimidated to walk into a gym. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, because I always like to say that CrossFit is, is um, uh, doable by everyone, but it's not for everyone. Right. And we all, we all have our friends who are like, I'm never going to go do that. That's scary. That's intimidating. And, but everyone needs to do something to maintain their health and, and fitness. And this book is for your friend who's never going to walk into a gym, who doesn't want to, uh, you know, go talk to a nutritionist, um, who might glean even just one of the four pillars from the book and start changing their life in a positive way. Yeah, I really, I really commend you for that because I think that that is something missing from the bookshelves uh, until you've done it. So um, now I want to talk about underdogs. So you've you've lived this life um, doing so many things, um, owning your own business, um, working with your parents' methodology, and then is how did you get hooked up? with Justin Kotler and the underdogs team? So um, for a while, you know, obviously kind of being a student of the sport, you look at other coaching um, methodologies that are, that are happening. You look at other, other coaches um, to learn, but also to just assess what those athletes are doing as a competition as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I first, I believe, saw Justin, um, at the CrossFit games with Carrie, um, in 2020. And I think there was a really big, um, emphasis on seeing some of those coaches interact with their athletes during that CrossFit games, which is not something that happens very often. Um, you know, obviously the coaches aren't highlighted very much. Um, but during that CrossFit games, because it was so small, you saw the interactions with the coach, 
on, on the sideline, you know, and you saw um, uh, little snippets of it. And I just really respected the way that Justin um, talked with Terry during the, the CrossFit game. So I started to kind of watch underdogs as a, as a program and started to just kind of look at what they were posting. Um, and everything that has come out about underdogs, everything that's come out about Justin, um, I've been like, I agree with that. I like that decision. Um, so I, I grew to, to really respect Justin and what underdogs was doing. Um, and I believe it was in like September, he posted that they were looking for new uh, programming coaches. And um, I just said, you know, I've been running my own um, programming entity. It's always been kind of a side project for me. It's not been my, my main focus. Um, but I would love to work with more athletes on a larger scale. I, I'm admittedly pretty terrible at social media um, and self-promotion. So I, uh, I reached out to Justin and said, hey, you know, I would love to, to um, apply for the position. I sent him um, my resume and background. And then we started having this discussion on, he said, yes, we're looking for individual coaches, but the thing I'm more interested in is um, somebody kind of taking ownership of the, the team category. Um, and within Compete Elite, my, my dad also works with the, the teenage athletes. Um, he does video review. Um, and my brother, uh, Keegan Martin, who, uh, is a power lifter also works with, um, compete elite. So when I started that discussion with Justin, I said, Hey, you know, I have a staff that works with our teenage athletes, um, specifically, and, you know, I want to bring them on as, as well. And, uh, Justin thought that was a great idea. And, you know, the, the, the thought process and, um, everything kind of developed from, from that point and we've been working together ever since. And so you've really kind of taken on that, that entity, uh, underdogs, uh, under underdogs, um, and kind of run with it. And what I liked is I talked to Justin at, where did I, at the rogue invitational and his philosophy on these different entities under, underdogs was that he didn't want it to be just a, a recirculation of the elite program to the other ones. He wanted them to be made for the individuals that it was designed for. So you've kind of taken on the programming role there. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on it being its own separate kind of entity under the underdogs umbrella? I, that was really the, the only way I would have joined <laughs> underdogs. Um, what I see right now in the, the landscape, and I'm not trying to be overly critical of, of other programs, is a lack of understanding that training teenage athletes is fundamentally different than training adult athletes um, in development and uh, just from a muscular standpoint, but also psychologically. Um, and uh, that's something that is not addressed, um, in the market right now. Um, and it's something that, uh, I knew that we could bring to the table. So, um, my dad, myself, and my brother sat down and, um, created a template program for underdogs, um, that does just that. It has, uh, 12 to 13 
scaling it has 14 to 15 and then 16 to 18. Um, I think it's, uh, and this is just a little bit of a side note, I think it's a, a very big missed and gapped opportunity to include 18 year olds because we have not seen um, on the male side, 18 year olds move into the individual category. And there's a lot of reasons for that, specifically that um, male athletes tend not to be at full uh, physical development until they're like 21 or 22. Um, and uh, you probably won't see an 18 year old or a 19 year old in the CrossFit games. Um, so you have this, you have this like age gap between eight, 17, which is a cutoff right now at the CrossFit games and 21 where an athlete has to become super dedicated to still get to the CrossFit games at 21. But um, there's this whole space where now they're just seen as an adult and their body is still developing. Um, so that was something we wanted to address within the program as well um, as we put it out. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We talked to um, Casey Acree the other day and he's mm -hmm. doing the adaptive piece and that I just love that uniqueness that, that Justin's kind of giving you guys the autonomy to do the programming for your, your piece of the puzzle. And it, that's very different than any other programming system out there. Basically, they have the elite program and then everything is a scaled version of that down where you guys mm -hmm. are given the, the autonomy to just to do what's right for your athletes. Um, and yeah. so I want to finish that with, are you also, are you also coaching elite athletes different than the template? Yes. So, um, we have, uh, elite teenage athletes that we coach, um, uh, as individualized coaching athletes. Um, and that's just a different program. So if somebody wants, Hey, I need an individualized program. And what I would tell any teen competitor or any parent that's looking at, um, the template program is that the template program is almost like, uh, a specific program that is going to get your child generally better. If you want to accelerate that progress and that growth, we can do the individualized program, which will specifically cater to that child's needs specifically. And, and I always like to kind of um, think of it like, uh, you know, somebody comes in, they have a great gymnastics capacity. They can do 30, ring muscle-ups unbroken, but they can't snatch over 110 pounds. You know, that program shouldn't have, you know, ring muscle-ups in it really ever for that, that child. That, that program should be focusing on addressing the weightlifting gap. Um, and if you just purchase a template program, you're probably not going to get that, that specificity, if that makes sense, because we're hitting a broad general stimulus um, in the template. Well, it seems like this is just a nice fit with you and underdogs, just, you know, with, based on what you were saying, you know, Justin's very much a relationship-based, you know, coach first, you know, that nurturing piece. And, and as you were mentioning, when you are coaching kids, you are, and teens, you, you've got to hit that, um, you know, build that relationship first, which is a part of that nurturing piece. So I can just see this as a really smooth and nice fit for you both. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be with underdogs and to, to um, look towards the future of, of the sport. Yeah. Well, speaking of the future, you also have three daughters. 
So on top, on top of all this, um, you are, you are outnumbered big time one. Yeah. And do you see athletics in your kid's future? Um, yes. And, uh, and no, in some, in some ways. So, um, I am not a, a type of person who's going to push anything on them. Um, my oldest daughter, she's seven right now. And, um, what I do, uh, push is physical activity. So us doing things, uh, together, whether that's, you know, us bouncing on the trampoline that we have outside or us going for a jog together or us riding scooters down the street, trying new things with our body. Um, but I'm not the type of dad that's going to say like, you're going to do gymnastics. You're going to, you know, be in the program because my goal is to create a lifelong love of fitness and health for them, whether that is they want to compete in a sport or that's they want to um, just do it to maintain their bodies because it's what you do to be healthy and fit. Um, but I want that to be a fun experience for them. And I want it to be a, something that they choose to do because they love it. Um, my oldest daughter, she's very, uh, she's very into art. So she like loves drawing and, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that she's very interested in traditional sports. Um, so I'm not going to push her in, in that way. My middle daughter is the most athletic girl you've ever met in your life. She's a five-year-old and, uh, she, we got a trampoline and she said, Hey, look, dad. And literally just did a front flip and landed on her feet on the trampoline. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, and everything she, she does athletically, she just picks it right up, but we haven't put her any, in any, uh, sports or anything like that yet. Cause she hasn't expressed that she wanted, wanted to go play soccer yet, or go play softball or anything like that. It's just, we're learning how to move our bodies. My, uh, my youngest, youngest daughter is 18 months. So she's just, uh, learning how to climb on everything. And also, uh, to assert that she's in charge of everyone. <laughs> yeah and so you you have a partner and i think her name's michelle yes um michelle and i just got married actually last last month so oh, well, congratulations yeah and so is she is she into fitness and athletics as well yeah um michelle's been doing um crossfit now for since like 2013 so it's it's how we met um and uh it's you know part of what we've maintained doing together um you know after everybody goes to bed every night we actually go out into the garage and we do our workout together um most of the time there um but it's a big part of of who she is and her lifestyle as well um which is really cool she's actually competing uh in the fittest uh, experience at the end of uh january so she's excited about that i think it's her her first live competition since uh, having Stella. So, wow. well, we will be there with the podcast. Uh, we're actually oh, cool. broadcasting live there. Um, so I'm excited awesome. about that. Um, cool. So I'm going to finish this with just some fun things because you don't have enough going on with your life. Um, you're also a black belt in Kempo karate. Mm -hmm. And so what, what discipline is Kempo? Um, Kempo is a, traditionally a, a Chinese martial art, um, and uh, it was brought over from China 
um, and uh, became Americanized by a guy named Ed Parker. Um, and the style that I practiced was um, through my, my dad had uh, gotten his black belt. And when he opened our boxing facility, he also started Kempo karate classes. Um, and again, it was kind of a natural, natural thing for me to um, learn Kempo. And uh, honestly, um, you know, it's a big side of uh, combat sports are a big side of me that um, I don't get to do enough anymore. Um, but I did boxing and I grew up doing um, all through high school. I did wrestling as well. Um, and I did some jujitsu. So I love, I love um, martial arts in general. Well, I read somewhere that you do some competitive mixed martial arts. Is it just train uh, or? I did for a little bit. I did um, uh, a few amateur MMA fights um, and uh, amateur kickboxing um, fight. Um, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun doing it. I don't have enough time to dedicate to it to become like a professional in any, in any sense of the word, but um, I enjoy it. Uh, a lot. So when I do have the opportunity, um, I get into it. The, uh, the last two years, um, obviously we haven't been, um, out as much due to COVID and, uh, I've been just hitting my heavy bag outside because, um, I would say that boxing and, 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 uh, martial arts are probably like the most communicable, <laughs> um, <laughs> way of, uh, transmitting COVID. So uh, sports wise, um, so I haven't been just, you know, as, as frequent in the gym with that. When, when I saw, um, that you did that, I, I figured you must have like just a touch of, of crazy in there to be able to get into a ring and let someone punch at you, um, repeatedly. <laughs> um, it was not actually, much different from being a parent. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> seem that crazy. It's not, it's not that far off. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, I grew up doing boxing and, and martial arts and, uh, it was always something that we did. We always did sparring and, and, um, I've always viewed it as like a physical chess match, um, which is kind of my, my view of it in general. Um, and for the longest time, I actually debated whether or not I was going to pursue CrossFit as a sport or pursue mixed martial arts as a sport. Um, but what I, what I found was that uh, at some point, um, I was going to come up against somebody who had an equal level of skill or more skill um, who was actually angry all the time. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I don't know if you can tell by my personality, I'm a nice guy who uh, likes to have fun and laugh with people. and. Um, I can't fabricate a, like, I want to kill this person in the ring type mentality. Um, that just doesn't come out of me. So, um, I, I realized that at the top level, I probably get hurt pretty bad. So I decided to go with CrossFit as my, uh, <laughs> my sport of choice. Yeah. You don't have to get angry at the pull-up bar or, um, or the no. rings to, to, to defeat them. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, Connor, it's been a, a treat getting to know you and chatting with you for this hour. I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys so much. Um, it's been awesome getting to meet you guys too. And uh, maybe I'll get to see you guys in, in Austin. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, guys. All right, well, thanks a lot. Great to meet you guys.
Great to meet you. Good luck. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.